Hallelujah. That ought to scare the liver out of the enemy. Hallelujah. Brother Randy, when we realize that we know. Hallelujah. We know. That's when he's in trouble. Not just Jesus knew, but now you know. That's when he's in trouble. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Feel what you feel already. and To be in a warm building and to, to be standing next to one another. So good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm Brother Ron Spencer. I haven't spoke to you for a little while. And so, amen. So glad to be here with you. I uh, would like to thank you for your patience and your sharing, and uh, we we certainly have been benefited as a bride around the world to you as an audience. Wow, wasn't Brother Jason's ministry awesome here last week? Amen. I, I certainly enjoyed it with all my heart, and his wife and his daughter being with us, her for her first time, she so enjoyed that and being with you and interacting with you. She sure loved that with all of her hearts. And, and uh, we just we just are, I, I've got a quote that I'm going to share with you. Uh, it come this time of year and we're coming into winter. And, and I, Sister Connie, was, we were talking this week and I have a couple speakers here that are lined up for you just before winter. And, and uh, I told her, I said, it's winter time. I said, I've got to get all the calves fat. <laughs> and I got a quote for that. And so... Uh, what I'm doing, whether you know it or not, I'm getting you spiritually fat. You, you may be on a Weight Watchers diet, but I'm trying to get you spiritually fat. So in the spring, you'll dance. Amen. Amen. I'm pretty thrilled about what I've got to speak to you this evening. Just so honored to be able to speak it to you. Happy birthday, Sister Joyce. Amen. God bless you. We love you with all of our hearts. getting to the point to where we've got more over there than we've got over here so we might as well go over there what do you think amen and so brother Shrewsbury told me as a young minister he said now brother Ron here's what here's what will happen to you he said as you preach and as you get older you'll have more over there than you've got over here so just might as well go over there so amen I, I think that's good I, I'm, I'm looking for the rapture myself and I'll be honest with you, I sometimes get up in the mornings and kind of disappointed I'm still in this body. Amen. I'm looking forward to that new body. And amen. I, I'll just share something with you. Last night's a little bit comical, but we have an alarm system on our, on our, uh, on our house. and We've actually got 16 cameras on our house. And so, so we got this one alarm that just kept going off last night. And I look at it, and it looked like an image of a, of a man walking, and I, I looked at it. Well, at two o'clock in the morning, your mind goes every which way in the world, and, and, I, and I looked at it, and I thought, wow, that's something, and I, I looked at it, and I kept playing it over and over and over again, and I looked at it, and look, it looked like a man walking, and, and this, today I figured out it was a spider web. <laughs> Amen. 
But one of these days, that camera's going to pick up some people walking. That's where I'm going with that story. It's going to pick up some cameras, some people walking, and they're going to step from that dimension here, and I'm going to take a step there, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. Brother Bram said, don't you be afraid of them. Just let them on in. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you will turn with me in your scriptures tonight to Revelations chapter 12. I'd like to look at you to you this weekend and to speak to you on the bride's authority. Amen. So I'll get started tonight and find a stopping place and we'll pick it up tomorrow evening. I want to read a quote to you as I begin to go. In fundamental foundation for faith. Brother Branham is speaking. He says, now Jesus said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. He said, did you ever realize what that means? Do you realize if we go before God in the name of Jesus? Now I want you to catch this. It's just the same as Jesus himself praying. It isn't me praying anymore. If I come in his name and he recognizes his name and Jesus said, whatever you ask in the Father in my name, that I do. And then I go to the Father in Jesus' name. It isn't me praying anymore. It's Jesus. It's his spirit praying through me. And then I've got to receive what I asked for because he said it. And it's God's own word. It can't do nothing else but produce just what it said. That's enough to close and say amen and say, hadn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10 And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. I want you to put yourself in the scripture. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Psalms 23 is very familiar to you, and I want you to read it with me, and we'll read it aloud if you can. Revelation, or Psalms 23 and verse 1, if you don't have it in your Bibles, just look up there. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to say, do you believe that? 
Amen. You may be seated tonight and may the Lord bless the reading of his word. In John chapter 10 and verse 19, then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. You're talking about a meeting. That was a meeting. <clears throat> there were disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Amen. I cannot imagine what they felt like because now they had been on the run for a bit. That's right. And then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Matthew 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Power is not in what others say, but what is your revelation? Are you with me? I want you to catch that. Power is not what others say, but who do you say that I am? And he said unto them, who say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He's not a second person, he's not a third person. Jesus is God. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Brother Tim sent me this a couple of weeks ago and it spoke to my heart while I was gone and, and he just quotes and he just shares this quote with me in 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Paul states that all scripture is, is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed and is used for, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. This is the only use in the Bible of the Greek theolopolis, which means God-breathed, the inspired by God due to the inspiration of God. But other scriptural passages support the basic principle of the scripture being inspired by God. The word of God is formed by God's own breath. Amen. 
Quite a statement, isn't it? Then it's more than just a book. Then it's more than just a book. He says, and when a man speaks, it is the, his life's breath that forms his word. And when God speaks through a man, it is the life of God, the Holy Ghost, forming his words as a man speaks as God's oracle. If anyone speaks, let him speak as oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as a, the ability of which God supplies, that in all things God might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. <clears throat> I want to read to you because I think we sometimes hear a quote and it just kind of goes over real quickly and it kind of, we kind of miss the emphasis of it. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. Did you ever realize what that means? Do you realize that that if we go before God in the name of Jesus, it's the same as Jesus himself praying. That's quite a statement, isn't it? That makes us all re-reevaluate our time in prayer. Are you with me? Let's all remember it just in that very, just in that very thought context before we go too far in the weekend. Our time in prayer, they're not just idle words. But I want you to remember who you are. Brother John, you're a son of God. I don't care what the devil whispers in your ear and tells you all different kind of things that, that affects flesh and affects your spirit. How many of you get vexed sometimes in your flesh and your spirit? And he attacks you and he does a lot of different kind of things and uses memory and conscience and reasoning. But down on the inside of your soul, that's the spot that he can't affect. And that's as eternal as Jesus is eternal. <clears throat> and that seed was predestinated to life before there was ever a moon or a molecule or a sun. Before God ever began to speak, let there be. You was there with God. You stepped out of eternity into a time. Maybe born in 1961, come to maturity at some point in life. Well, Homer said, I'd probably never get there. But as a son of God, you begin to recognize where you came from. And you realize I'm not leaning on the arm of my flesh. I can't hold myself. I'm not even going to try to hold on in my spirit to where that I feel it or I can imagine it or, or I, it's a thought. But it's the word of God. It is the anchor to my soul. Not me holding on, it's God holding on to me. make a statement here. God will not lose one. God's determined. He'll not lose one. You might be surprised what you live through. He will not lose one. Amen. 
So when you realize who you are, you can stand flat-footed through your shoulders back as a prophet of God would stand there and he would throw his shoulders back and said, I take every spirit in this building under my voice, under control, in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Now remember this, the prophet taught us, if Jesus himself was here, if Jesus himself was here, he could not heal you He's already healed you. Are you with me? He's already healed you. So you take him at his word and you believe his word. You get sick, you'll get sick again. You get healed, you'll get sick again. Lazarus, Jesus raised him up. But because of Adam's fall, Lazarus had to go back to the ground again. Don't get mad because you get sick again. Get mad at the devil because he's afflicted you again and take it right back to God. (laughs) Notice these words. It's just the same as Jesus praying. Now, this is a prophet. And he said, it isn't me praying anymore. If I come in, in on his name and he recognizes his name and Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in the Father in my name, that I do. And then I go to the Father in Jesus' name. It isn't me praying anymore. It's Jesus. It's his spirit praying through me. And then I've got to receive what I asked for because he said it. And it's God's own word. And he can't do nothing else but produce what he just said. So we must become inspired to speak. Now sometimes... uh, J.M., you had a ball game today. <laughs> it was cold outside. Aren't you glad you don't need blankets and toboggans and to sit here and listen to me preach now? Are you with me? But, but they get in the spirit of it. And they get in the spirit of it. You won't enjoy the game unless you get in the spirit of it. And that's the way it is when you come to church. You gotta, you gotta get in the spirit. <laughs> you gotta get in the spirit of it. Not the spirit of shopping at Walmart, but you get in the spirit of worshiping the Lord. You get beyond yourself. and You get beyond your own feelings and you begin to get in the spirit of it. Sometimes your prayers feel like they just go to the ceiling. Get in the spirit of praying. Break through the channel. I love that song that was just sang by our young people. I want to thank you for taking part in all of that. I want to thank Brother Andrew and Sister Katie and all of them that that are involved that's doing that. And I, I thank you for that. We got a lot more following and you guys are setting a precedent for them that's following Amen, you're setting a tall order, but you sung a song about breakthrough. And sometimes you just gotta break through yourself. 
time and said, just reminds me it'll come in springtime. And I watched the birds building their nest. And I think of old mother bird, she can, she can build her nest and get up on it and lay her eggs. But if that old mother bird hasn't got been with a male bird, they'll never hatch. Them eggs, no matter how good she treats them, how loyal she is and covers them with her wings and turns them over, does everything she can and, and sat there till she starves, them eggs will never hatch. Amen. If she hasn't been with the male birds, they're because they're not fertile. That's the way it is with organized religion. As long as we take them sinners and they're just sinners into our church and you can baby them and make deacons out of them and marry them four and five times, smoke, drink, gamble, cheat, lie, put them on the deacons in the church, you can hover over them, do anything you want to until they come into contact with the mate. With Christ Jesus, they're only a bunch of rotten eggs. That's the reason you must never get your eyes on other human beings. <laughs> because humanity will fail you. And if you haven't got a dose of the Holy Ghost in your life and he's not the king of your soul, you will disappoint yourself. But I've never been disappointed in Jesus. Here's the quote I wanted to give to you about making you fat. So you hang, you, you pay attention to this one. Kind of puts me in the mind of a farmer. One time you who went and wasn't, wasn't very much of a farmer, he said he, he got a, a great big nice barns and tractors, but the fellow was just too lazy to work. Lazy people just don't do well around me. Why, he wouldn't make no hay puts me in, in mind of some of these big churches and theologians that won't dig down and really take the word of God. They got big churches and a lot of music and a lot of refinery, but that don't mean it's all. He just wouldn't work. And over there, he was his neighbor had a little old barn over there and he didn't have very much of a stall to keep his cattle in, and, but he sure was an industrious man. He really worked. He raised great big crops of alfalfa and put it in the barn. The man had a mission, you know. And you know it, in the wintertime come, he said, there's a little calf barn, each, each one of these calves in the barn. And the next spring, when the spring winds begin to blow, they turn those little calves out. Well, this one little old calf turned out of this great big cathedral, you know. Why, he was so poor, he couldn't hardly stand nothing. The wind almost blowing down. Why? He'd walk out there, the little fella didn't have nothing at all to eat through the winter, and he's fed on weeds, and he didn't have much strength to stand on. No wonder they can't believe in divine healing. Oh, yeah. Need of some vitamins. Well, the first thing you know, they let that other little calf out over the other barn. He was all fat. Round. He'd had a good alfalfa, plenty of vitamins and he was fat and round and that wind began to just hit him and, and that mighty rushing wind you know coming down and my he just kicked up and jumped and balked and, and to run all around in the corral just as hard as he could that's what's going on here at this church you've been eating good so that causes you to be fat and happy 
old skinny calf, that great out of that great big barn, fine barn, stuck his head through the crack of the fence, said, shh, 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 shh. Such fanaticism. Why? Underfed. That's what's the wrong today with the church. It's undernourished. Christ died for sinners that you could be free. He died to heal the sick. It's not fanaticism. Let the Holy Spirit strike you one time and, and you'll feel like running and cutting up too. Yes, sir, just get some good rich vitamins first from the Word of God. That's the best vitamin I know of is the Word of God. Now I want to caution you. We're coming to the time of the year and I don't mean to be sensitive right here. Coming to the time of year, everybody wants to slim down. I love this time of year. Because there's things that come out of the refrigerator that ain't come all year long. Now if it costs you an extra mile or two on a treadmill, go ahead and get on the treadmill. I never did like these people that regret what they just ate. Oh, I shouldn't have ate that. Yeah, you, you enjoyed that. You'd have never put it in your mouth if you hadn't enjoyed that. A lot of people get on a diet to where that they just die all, all the way down and little sickness come and just get some sick and get some sick, get some sick. You need vitamins in you. You don't have Homer here, so I might as well take up for this part. You need to put some vitamins in there. Put some vitamins in that body. Eat some protein in that body. Eat meat of the word. I'm blending them two together. You hang right there with me. You can't make it on one stale biscuit a week. Showing up at church once every moon, blue moon, won't keep you right with God. Praying when you just need something won't fix the issue. You gotta keep on a steady diet to the word of God. Eat the book. Eat the whole book. Brother Bam said a true picture of the modern church today. Neither does the modern church want any of these screaming, shouting to Acts 2.38, youngins speaking. Acts 2.38, youngins around her, yeah, yeah. Said they don't want any of them. Whooping and and crying and screaming, amen, hallelujah, why such a child would immediately be put out of our denomination. They had one like that one time in the churches, why they throw her out right quick. Why are you letting such stuff as that going on? You see, she's pregnated with something because she's bringing forth members all the time. She don't want none of them screaming, hollering, blabbering, Acts 2.38, miserable creatures that she thinks they, they are, it would certainly embarrass her. It would ruin her educated, ethical, scientific society church that she belonged to here. They would throw her out right quick, out at the next council. She can't have any because she don't want to be pregnated with the word. Because that's the only 
me tell this before, I'll tell you again. This precious little Christian lady went into the local Baptist church. She didn't have another place to go that weekend and she went in and there she was sitting back in the back and the preacher said something. She said, amen. The deacon tapped her on the shoulder and said, I'm sorry, we don't do that here. And so went on a little bit and the preacher said something else and she said, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Deacon tapped her on the shoulder again. And, and, she, and he told her, said, well, we, we don't do that here. And after a while, she just, she just got a little bit of a shout and she twirled around and she sat down. He was back to her again and said, I don't know what's going on. What's wrong with you? She said, I got the Holy Ghost. He said, you didn't get that here. in the time of slavery the slaves would have church as a man named John got the Holy Ghost and it so changed him the owner noticed how much that it changed him actually caused him to realize that the God that was in him was not living on the inside of him and you know he got to thirsting for what he had and he said, John, I want what you got. He said, I, I heard your testimony. I want what you got. And he said, well, you got to go to the hall pen. Uh, well, I don't want to go there. Can't, can't you get it? Can't you get it up at my church? Nope. No, no. What, if we go, what if we go up here in the barn? Nope. You got to be willing to go to the hall pen. Well, he got a few more days and it just got to lingering inside him because that seed was calling I, I just got to have it. Went back to John and John said, are you willing? And he said, well, John, John, please, why do I have to go there? Well, look, you come back to me when you're willing. A few days passed by and he said, John, I'm ready. He said, you don't have to go to the hall pen. You just got to be willing. I want you to understand tonight. I want Jesus to be the king of my heart. Not just king when it's convenient, but I want him to be king. I want him to be king all day, all night. Are you with me? I don't want to do nothing that he would be ashamed of doing with me. I don't want no actions, I don't want no feelings. I do something wrong, which is every day I say, God, forgive me. Brother Ron, you do something wrong, I think wrong things. I have wrong attitudes. I must be preaching the right group. Sometimes I need more of the love of God. Sometimes I need more forgiveness. I need more mercy. God's mercy never runs out. God's forgiveness never runs out. His love is never ending. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So if I've got God, I've got all of him. And if God lives on the inside of me, oh, hallelujah. And he's got the reins to my heart. I've got God living there. The scripture, all powers in heaven and earth is given into my hand. Go, and I'll go with you. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Now, if you think just a moment, God has every one of us in different positions of life. But it's God with you sitting at that desk. It's God with you doing your job. Brother Nathaniel shared something with me. He said, the scripture said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, I look at that as every patient that I wait on. Amen. I look at that as every patient that I wait on. They're hanging between life and death. I say this to you, and I feel this way. I want people to be better off after they meet me. I don't know how their eternal outcome will be, but I want them to be better off after they meet me because I've touched their lives. look back in my life and I look at certain things that God has allowed to be a part of and there's been some incredible special things that he's allowed Brother Guido that just went to be with the Lord Matthew was standing there when when all of that happened with Brother Guido Andrew and Brother Alden was standing just feet away when I spoke to Brother Guido in South Carolina and I called all the preachers for a prayer line. I called the preachers to pray for them. Well, that was a different kind of prayer line. It's the way I felt to pray that night. Because if we can get preachers right with God. Remember, pray for the ministry. They're just like you are. They fight battles and they fight tests. Don't cease to pray for us. Just in a few words, Brother Guido was told that evening, said, you've got a letter in your your briefcase. That letter has attacked you. Pay no attention to it. Isn't that right? Then Brother Isaiah Brooks came and then others came and others came. And there was a sister sitting about where Sister Kirsten's at. And God just called her name exactly what was going on. Told her what was happening in her life. Who did that? God did that. That don't make me any bored. That don't even buy my coffee. Are you with me? Brother Man said, if you can only realize, put your finger in a bucket of water and pull it out, that's how important you are. But God gave gifts into the body to be a blessing to you. Then then Brother Guido comes at the end of the meeting and he's coming down, I believe it was on a Friday night and, and he comes down, he comes to the back and, 
and ones are being prayed for behind the curtains and this miracle and that miracle and that miracle and that miracle. Your sister was prayed for. And, and, so, and so in that, and then Brother Terry, Brother Terry, uh, uh, Brother Joe's brother-in-law, he's standing there, I've known him in church, I've known him for decades. And he's just kind of set, just one of the good old boys. But what he really needed was Jesus. Let me just say this, it's all right to be a good old boy, but what good old boys need is Jesus. And when he was standing there and he saw all of those things happening, he just melted in that presence. And God did a work for him. He would find out he had cancer and tonight he lays at the point of death without a miracle. I want you to know tonight, God knew it before he would ever go into battle. and Brother Dwayne Jackson was standing there with his wife and we began to pray for them and that boy's now preached his first sermon, maybe already his second by now. Been running from the call for 17 years. Said he preached an hour his first sermon and said it was a glorious service. By the way, Brother Tim Pruitt, somebody told him the other day, said, showed him a quote that Brother Brown said, just preach 45 minutes and he said, well, that's nice. Let me show you a quote. <laughs> Brother Branham said that I, 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 I can preach to believers all night long. Oh! So he said, what I'm going to do for you is about after 45 minutes, I'll just dismiss the unbelievers. steps up and I begin to speak to him and I said Guido and he's a friend I said Guido brother Guido trouble lays right in your path and I said and I also say there's someone that's going to call you a liar but you know the truth then I begin to speak to him there's a train coming for you there's a train coming for you don't you be afraid to get on. It'll be okay. That's right. Brother Guido grabs me up. Sister Stephanie, you told Sister Connie today, I had it in my notes, but you told Sister Connie today, she went back and listened to the last sermon that I preached here before I was gone away for two weeks and then back for Brother Jason's. And I spoke of Brother Guido. And how that Brother Homer called him Gito. This morning, Joshua, his son, you know, you just think, I want to I do this right here just for somebody that might be criticizing me for going. I want to just take care of this right here, right now. How important one meeting is. How important one meeting is. I don't think I have too many critics here, but I'll just take care of it. And I'm walking off of the platform in Switzerland. And as I'm walking off of the platform, I walk by Joshua. 
And Joshua hit Guido's son standing there. And he's standing right here, and he's a good-looking man. And he's standing there, and he's just standing with his hands like this. I'll never forget he had his hands like this. And he, he's, you ever seen those people with those perfect bodies? He looked like he's a male, male uh, model, just, just a really good-looking man. And, and he's just standing like this right here, and he's just standing there operating as a deacon. And I walked by, and I said, and I, and I just stepped back to him, and I said, and what you're asking for tonight is a supernatural experience with God. You're a believer, but you're asking for God to come on the scene and supernaturally touch your life. And I prayed for him, and he just went right in the floor. Amen. On another night, I walked past Joshua. This will be a couple years later, and I walked past him. You know these stories. You've heard them over and over. And I walked past Joshua, and I turned to him, and I said, Joshua, the same God that spoke to me a few years ago about you needing the Holy Ghost is telling me now that you are a preacher. And your call for a purpose. And I walk. I walk just a few feet. I walk just a few feet. And brother Ed Biscoll has run around the building. And he's standing there. And he's got a situation to which I can't go in tonight. But he had spent 12 years trying to get a piece of real estate, something to be taken care of. Lawyers in many places, Toronto, Ontario, British Columbia. And I'm talking about high-end lawyers to try to get it settled. In 12 years, he did everything he could do to get it settled. And he was at his wit's end. I'll, I'll not get it settled before my, my, my departure. I've I got to get this settled. And he said he was sitting in that service. Sister Cassie, you wrote the song too. What will you be remembered for? I preached that sermon the first time in Switzerland. What will you be remembered for? And he's listened to that service and he said, that's not Brother Ron, that's God. And he said, I sat in that presence and it is the rising of the sun sitting just in the office on the platform and sitting in a chair watching Brother Brandon preach. And he said, I recognize that presence. That's him. Amen. Not me, him. And he ran around the building and, and, he, and he caught me just before I went out. And, and he caught me and said, he brought his daughter Linda and his wife, Sister Ruth. And he just said, I have a need. And he just said a few words. And we went to prayer. And the words that were prayed in that prayer gave him specific instruction. In 90 days, it was over with. Was that service important? That same Joshua sent me a, a note this morning, and it was a song. I, I, I sent it to my family. Brother Jeremy, you may be able to show it tomorrow evening before service. It's about the train. 
the journey of your life. And he sent it to his entire family just before going to North Carolina. When I watched that, I thought, I'm sitting there, and tears just started running out of my eyes. I remember sitting on a train with Guido. Guido was like Brother Homer. He just took off, and all I did was follow his white head. I seemed to get lost going through the tunnels of the trains of Europe, and, but I just, I just followed him. He never looked back. He was like Homer. He never looked back. Homer's always way out in front of you, and you was doing your best to keep up. And, and that was the way Guido was. Guido was a man's man, like Brother Homer is a man's man. I think men ought to be real men. There was two kids with us. I was trying to keep them up. One was from Arizona, and one was from New Zealand. And they're with us, and they got their bags. They've, they've just been at the same meeting we've been at. One is a backslidden preacher's son, or a backslidden boy, grandson of Brother Derek Donaldson. And, and, he, and he's, he's there, and the cruise line that he worked for had sent him to Switzerland for, for, a, for a training session, and he had the weekend off, so he came to the meeting. He was making his way back toward New Zealand. Really had not got a supernatural touch through the meeting. Just things that began to kind of come together. He was sitting with this girl and she's looking for her place. And one of them's going to sit with me. One's going to sit with Brother Guido. And as we're arranging ourselves on the train, I said, no, you two need to sit together. And you need, to, you need to know each other. You need to learn who each other is because you're going to need it for this life's journey. Those two kids got married. Brother Roy, they came to your house and made a phone call to me. You remember those kids? Amen. Amen. God knows. It's a great big world, but it's really small. See, God is, if God sends you, he'll take care of you. Hallelujah. Sorry I got sidetracked there for a moment. Here's what I want to tell you on all of that. In Guido's last meeting, he sent me the picture of one of the orphan girls that was in the orphanage that when he went there and one of those little children walked up and said, I really want to go home. And he said, honey, if you pray, Jesus will give you a, let me remember him telling that story here. Amen. I know he was difficult to understand, but English was his second language, third language, fourth language, and he did his best for us. And, and he said, honey, if you'll pray. And the people came to him and said, you can't promise that they'll go home. He said, I'm telling you, God's going to empty this orphanage. 
And he began to pray and he prayed for every one of them because all of them wanted to go home. And families to come back to him. And one by one, families came to get children. And emptied that entire orphanage in Siberia. Are you with me? Listen, those train rides were incredibly difficult. He wasn't riding in first class. Four days on a train is a long time. Cold trains. On his last meeting, one of those girls is there and he takes a picture and he sends it to me and he said, Brother Ron, here's one of the girls from the orphanage. And he just says, what is the chance she'd be in one of my meetings? I like those odds. In one of those services, there was a girl that said, I want a horse. And I, I'm, and, and, and she said, I think I'm going to write President Putin and see if he'll give me a horse. She said, I'm going to go to the highest authority. I can't afford one. I can't afford to buy one. Maybe he'll give me one. And Brother Guido told her, said, you're a daughter of God? Just ask. And she sent the president of Russia. Sent the president of Russia a letter. This is a girl that can't, that can't, can't, can't afford to buy one. But she's a daughter of God. And she sends the president of Russia a letter. And I got the picture at home. She's standing there with that big black horse. All I know is God spoke to that man to take that horse and give it to that little girl because a man named Guido inspired her that she would take God's word and ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Hallelujah! Ask what you will. to God glory to God authority authority with character I'm sorry I'll get off of it just a moment but you remember the last time that he walked to this pulpit he got down on his knees and he said I've came all this way let me remember that he got down on his knees he raised his hands to God and he said I came here to be prayed for. Brother Homer was still on his feet then. first time he came here the Lord spoke to me that 
Don't have him preach. He's not physically able. Have him testify. And he testified for two hours. How many, how many remember that service? On Monday, we went up on the Shenandoah Valley and we were sitting at Big Meadows and we was out on the, was out on the, 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 we're overlooking, we're overlooking, what's that lodge? And we're overlooking the, not Skyland. We're at Big Meadows, at the Big Meadows Lodge. And we're on that deck, for lack of a better term, where you can look through those things. And we're standing on the rails. And we're standing there. And Guido, he just kind of goes back like this. He puts his hand on his head and he said, Brother Ron, I have one question I've always wanted to ask. I've always wanted to ask a man like you. I've got one question. One. And he said, this one question I've always been afraid to ask. And I, 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 just, I just need to ask somebody. And he just, he just, I mean, who am I? And I said, Guido, let's just, let's just sit down here just for a moment. Because I could tell it was a very serious moment. And we just sat down in the chairs and he's sitting here and I'm sitting there and my knee's touching his knee. And, and I said, before you go on, Brother Guido, let me tell you what your question is. You were there. And I told Guido what his question was. Can you be forgiven for a certain situation? And I said, Guido, just to let you know it's God and I'm not reading your mind, I said, your best friend, his name was Eddie. And he went, my God, my God, my, my God, my God, my God. And I said, you're forgiven, Guido. The blood of Jesus Christ forgave you. Are you with me? And the gospel isn't word only, but through power and manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which would produce the signs of Mark 16, when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them. The word itself is dead. Until it becomes an action, comes into an action and produces life. Amen. This can lay on your 
on your table at home and it can lay there dead until you bring it to life. Are you with me? It can lay there dead until you bring it to life. Brother Chris, God's not going to come back and rapture this. He's not going to come back and rapture this. In the tribulation periods when the new world, when the world is burned up, these will, these will be a part of all of that and go back to their chemicals. This is what he's coming to rapture. Revelations 3 and verse 12. To him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is the new Jerusalem which cometh down from out of heaven from my God and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To you, Revelations 3 and 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and Brother Brandon, when he preaches these scriptures, he goes through the whole church ages. When he comes to these scriptures, Jesus is on the outside of the door. And he said the denominations has put him out. How did they put him out? With their creeds and their dogmas. I want to ask you, by what authority did he do that? They still got their big churches. They've got their programs. But God's prophet stood there like Amos stood and wept over Jerusalem. Like David stood there. Like the prophet stood there and declared the word of God and then God vindicated the word. I, I listened to a service today. I... Brother Andrew and I listened to one yesterday. And there were certain parts of it. As Brother Branham was preaching, I'd say if you were sitting in some of those churches, you probably felt like, hello. Amen. Things are getting right up in here. Are you with me? But that wasn't just a man speaking. God was using that vessel. Amen. And he was speaking a bride into existence. And by that authority, we take the word of God and we preach it. And it becomes alive inside of you. Are you with me? Not that we're bringing you a new thought or a new revival or a new beginnings. But we're delivering the word unto you and stirring up your mind by remembrance. And that word has authority to you and it becomes to life. Yeah. Amen. 
You remember, uh, Brother Bram would tell about a police officer, kind of remind you of Barney Fife, how that he will, he will talk about it. Said he's so skinny, he can't hardly hold his, his, his clothes up. And he walks out there and he said, that man physically puts his hand out. He couldn't stop a bicycle. But because he has on a badge, he's got the authority of the entire city hall and all the government of that city. He puts his hand up and the biggest bus in the city comes to a screeching heart because he has authority. And because you're a son of God, Sure, other people have trouble. Sure, other people have problems. Sure, other people have victories in their lives. But because you're a son of God, the devil comes into your home and he starts stirring it up. Recognize what's going on. This is the devil. I rebuke the devil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke him. And you stand there and you take the word and you begin to shout and you begin to... Listen, you don't have to take everything that comes along. I remember one day that stands out in my mind, Brother Homer, we were working. We got that old red tractor that, that actually later would run over him. We should have burned that thing. But anyway, the back tire was flat. We fixed that go up the road and I'm riding with him and front tire goes flat. He just goes around. He looks at that tire. He said, I'm going to tell the devil one thing. He's not going to destroy my day. He's not going to destroy my joy. And he just started speaking. There we are, one problem, another problem. And he just spoke to it. I thought that's one good way to do it. Here we are. Are you with me now? Listen, not every day you can feel the Holy Spirit brooding down over top of you and see the pillar of fire and angels standing around. Hey, you're just living natural life. You're living life, and in life you overcome by the blood of the Lord. And the word of your testimony.
Brother Ron, I have so many ups and downs. Quit listening to Fox. Quit listening to CNN. Quit listening. Listen to the word of God. Listen to it repetitively. Let God build up your spiritual muscles and eat the book. Just keep eating it. Why are you talking about diet? Because I need to go on one again. I went to Brother Tim Pruitt's. I'm, I'm coming to a close and I'll start tomorrow. And Sister Karen had baked a German chocolate cake. That baby was that big. It was that tall. It had, it had icing all over it, all over the place. That baby was moist. It had nuts in it, had coconut on the inside of it, and it had not been touched. <laughs> and I was on my way home from, from the service on Thursday night, Brother. Tim asked me, said, what do you want to eat? I said, I'll tell you what I want to eat. This may hurt. Somebody's feeling about I want a piece of that cake. I don't know what you're saving it for, but I, I want a piece of that cake. Me and my buddy lit into that cake. And thank God I didn't have to pay extra to fly home. We ate the whole thing. Yeah, baby. We wasn't leaving it for I love Susie. We ate the whole thing. German chocolate cakes on that. You just keep that for a while. Ain't no need me eating, eating salad if I got German chocolate cake. I promise I'm going to do better. I promise. I promise. Since <laughs> Connie made a pecan pie the other day. was nice. I didn't eat none before it was served. Baby, once that thing started getting cut, Katie barred the door. Me and Matthew grabbed a spoon and we went to work. <laughs> I will tell you, I'll leave you the crust, but I'll eat the goodie. <laughs> what are you doing with that on the end of this service? I want you to know tonight, I come tonight to eat. When I come to church, I ain't here to play big games. I ain't here to look around and see who's here, who ain't here. I ain't gonna make you eat, but I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna praise the Lord while I got a chance. 
because I may not have a chance anymore. with this verse and it's old and it's familiar I don't know what you came to do but I came to praise the Lord I want to tell you tonight I didn't come to play things wish you or myth or trying to work you up. I want to remind you who you are and how powerful you are. I'm finished now. The musicians can come. I want you to understand tonight you're sitting beside of the most powerful people on the earth. How many still wash dishes in this place? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Connie's hands up. We thank the Lord for that. I know how to push on and off. I know how to load and I know how to put them little, little cubes in. Don't give them to children because they'll eat them. Put your little cube in there. Shut that door. Hit that button. Hallelujah. Enjoy it if you got it. Take them out. Put them in the right spot. How many times have you prayed a prayer while you're washing dishes and then God did it? You didn't feel lightning bolts hit you. You didn't feel the Spirit of God come down, but you prayed a prayer. You prayed a prayer. How many's prayed a prayer and then in the next few days it just happened? You go, wow. I want you to turn around and look at those people that's got their hands up in the air. Them are the people you want to call when you're sick. I don't want to call nobody that when they pray it don't work. <laughs> are you with me? You see, I like people that work, that, it, that it's effectual. It works. You come to work with me and you got your hands in the pocket. You won't be here tomorrow, baby. We won't need you tomorrow. Come on, church. But I like people when they go on their knees or when they're standing at the, ta at the table and they're praying and they're praying and you can tell they've been talking to God. I want to finish with this. How many remember that woman in Memphis? Where's Matthew? Matthew, come right here. Brother, I'm sorry to take too long here tonight, but Brother Jason Jackson told me, called me one day, and he said, Brother Ron, pray for my daddy. He's gone into cardiac arrest. Go to prayer for my daddy right now. Got on our knees and we went to prayer for Brother Jason's daddy. I knew him well. I had known him for many years. And he liked me, and I liked him. He's real. He was a real man. 
Got a good boy too. Got two good boys. Milling around there for a few minutes. The Lord spoke to me and said, tell Connie you won't be here this weekend. I walked in, I told Connie, I said, I won't be here this weekend. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to preach Jason's daddy's funeral. She said, how do you know you're going to be the preacher? I said, I'm getting ready to get a call. And Jason called me back about 20 minutes. And he said, Brother Ron, he said, Dad's passed. He said, he's went to be home, home with the mom. He said, I want you to preach the funeral. I said, I've already told Connie that I'll be the preacher of your daddy's funeral. Amen. And I'll be gone this weekend. I'll be there. Yes, Lord. We drove 17 hours. But on the way down, I went through Memphis because Matthew had never been in that part of the world. And so we went by Bass Pro. Bass Pro in Memphis has got a pyramid. It's all glass. And at the top, they got a restaurant up there. And they got a balcony that you can go out and walk around there. Take pictures if you want to. I won't be much longer. But right down the street, right down the river, there's a white tank. And that white tank is right near where that woman prayed, where's my Elijah? And I asked Matthew the question while he was standing looking at that area. I said, wonder why they had to put a pyramid here. Of all the places in the world, why did they put a glass pyramid right here with a capstone on it? Where the prophet of God walked. Now here's what Brother Branham told Brother Biscoe. He said, her faith spoke a storm into existence and grounded that airplane. Don't tell me you don't have power with God. Her faith spoke a storm into existence and grounded that airplane and she went walking. He'd never been in that country and I wanted him to see where Brother Bram walked. And look where the prophet of God went down. Folks, this ain't no myth. This ain't something that's made up. I'd like to ask the man that put the pyramid there, where come the inspiration for you to put a pyramid with a capstone here? Of all the places in the world, why'd you put it here? She wasn't in the king's castle. She wasn't in a great big place. She was in a shanty. She didn't even know who he was. But she prayed. Where's my Elijah at? Don't tell me tonight that you don't have power with God. Brother Ron, I need more faith. You just need to use what you got. To every man's given a measure of faith. Use what you got and put it to work. She was standing there and she was over the fence. Brother Bram said the dude was on her back. He walks by and said, good morning, Annie. She said, good morning, Parson. He turned and said, how'd you know I was a Parson? She said, early this morning I was praying. Brother Branham walks in into her house. My son's laying in there dying. He'd gotten sin, got a disease that was destroying his life. She prayed for her Elijah. 
She didn't know the seven seals, the seven trumpets. She didn't know the feast. She didn't know none of that things. She just knew God. Brother Ron, I don't understand a lot of things. That's all right. You just know God. That's all I ask you to know is just know God. And if you know God, first of all, if you know God and you know who you are, two omnipotents meet. This deer season, we ought to have some prayers answered. Come on, church. And he said, notice Brother Branham. He talked to her and said, do you know who I am? She said, no. Didn't matter. It don't matter if you know who I am, but if you know Jesus. Amen. Walked in. I love what he said, Brother Donnie. Why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? Now, here's what Brother Branham did say. He said, I've been in king's castles, four of them. Four of them, king's castles. And I've never felt as comfortable as what I felt in that little woman's home. Why don't you pray? And he said, when she began to pray, he said, I could tell she had been talking to God. Brother Bisco said it was her faith that spoke to that storm. What have you prayed this week? Now we're going to talk about what you prayed this week. Oh, we left the preacher. Now it comes to you. What have you prayed? What does your sign say at home? If you thank God, help me. If you had today, what you thank God for yesterday. Are you with me? What are you going to do this weekend? I'm trying to challenge you. You're under authority. Brother Bram said God gave you a checkbook. As a Christian, he gave you a checkbook. He gave you a checkbook. And he said as a Christian, he's already signed it. Just fill it in. How powerful is this service? I'd say the same power that I feel right now is the same power that I walked by Joshua. That answered Brother Biscoe's prayer. The same power that I feel right now is the same power that I took that little girl's feet and she ran all over that building. The same power that I feel right now is the same power that I felt when I walked over and took Brother Doug by his neck. The same power that told me to go to Brother Ralph's home the other day. And it had happened with Brother Steve. Go to Brother Ralph's home. This will be the last time that you visit him. And he died speaking in tongues. God came and met us with that eagle over top of this church. I like it when God testifies. I like it when God says amen. Because we're people under authority. Here comes the work part. We call this the homework part. That's right. 
You remember this list. There's a lot of things that's answered on this list. And I have people send me pictures of lists all the time. I got a letter this week from India. It said, when you preached the other day, Brother Ron, that Brother Tim Pruitt said, while you was preaching, a tumor on my breast disappeared. That's in India. You know what she did? She got up in the middle of the night and listened. She said, I, I got my whole family up and listened. I wanted to listen to it live. What about your situations? What about your situations right now? Hey, listen. With God, there ain't no small things. There ain't no small things. Are you with And there's nothing too big for God. And let me just say this to you. I want to remind you as we come to this part. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I reminded Esther yesterday. Nothing is impossible. I want you to tell your neighbor. Now I want you to say it loud enough you hear it in your own ears. Now I want you to say it loud enough that the devil hears you. Nothing. Nothing. come across your lips hallelujah loud enough to you can even hear it 
Hallelujah. You talk to God like you talk to your best friend right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we heard a quote that was read twice in this service. When we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, it's the same as Jesus praying. Father, we take you at your word. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. We stand under the authority of the word of God tonight. When Jesus' critics ask him, by what authority do you do these things? Jesus turned to him and said, how did John? Did he do it by the authority of God? Heaven? Or did he do it by men and they knew they were trapped? However they answered, they were trapped. We're children of God and God is, is just as great as his word. And you've never failed, Father. Lord, you see our needs. We bring them before you, whether private or public tonight. Father, we take you in your word. We're your children. And first of all, help us to believe who we really are and to see who we really are. Once we see who we are, we'll treat ourselves different. We'll have different respect for one for another. Love one another greater. Forgive one another. Strengthen one another. Encourage one another. Lord, may this church be powerful. May it be the power of Jesus Christ that vibrates through this building, Father. Oh God, may the wind of the Holy Ghost flow backwards and forwards. May you have free course in this building, Father. May you move by the dynamic power of God. Move across this audience, Lord God. May men and women give their heart to Jesus Christ. Turn away from their wicked ways and become sons and daughters of God. Habits leave. Spirits leave. Circumstances are broken. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the enemy, Father. Oh, God, I pray that you would set liberty in your children. Refill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, cause a desire to be in us like never before. We pray. In Jesus Christ's name. In Jesus Christ's name. In Jesus Christ's name, we believe you. I'm a believer tonight. I take it your word, Father. By that authority, as ambassadors of God, we take you at your word to see.
Satan rages, we will not be defeated, we've got the power, oh in the name of the
something happen and now I know Jesus touched me and he made me whole Blessed Savior, oh, since He cleansed and made me oh, I will never cease oh, to praise Him.
touch me. Than any degree. You 
Well 